Organizational patterns. Three organizational patterns that are particularly useful for informative speaking are topical, chronological, and spatial. As you'll recall, to organize a speech topically, you break a larger topic down into logical subdivisions. An informative speech about labor unions could focus on unions in three different areas of employment, three historical significant strikes, or three significant legal legislative decisions. Speeches organized chronologically trace the development of a topic or overview the steps in a process. An informative speech could trace the rise of the economic crisis in Greece or explain the steps in creating a home compost pile. Speeches organized spatially convey the layer or physical characteristics of a location or concept. An informative speech about the layout of a fire station or an astrology wheel would follow a spatial organizational pattern. Methods of informing. Types of and strategies for incorporating supporting material into speeches are discussed in Chapter 9, Preparing a Speech. But there are some specific ways to go about developing ideas within informative speeches. Speakers often inform an audience using definitions, descriptions, demonstrations, and explanations. It is likely that a speaker will combine these methods of informing within one speech, but a speech can also be primarily organized using one of these methods. Informing through definition. Informing through definition entails defining concepts clearly and concisely and is an important skill for informative speaking. There are several ways a speaker can inform through definition. Synonyms and antonyms. Use or function. Example and etymology. Vertiber, 1991. Defining a concept using a synonym or an antonym is a short and effective way to convey meaning. Synonyms are words that have the same or similar meanings, and antonyms are words that have opposite meanings. In a speech about how to effectively inform an audience, I would claim that using concrete words help keep an audience engaged. I would enhance your understanding of what concrete means by defining it with synonyms like tangible and relatable. Or I could define concrete using antonyms like abstract and theoretical. Identifying the use or function of an object, item, or idea is also a short way of defining. We may think we already know the use and function of most of the things we interact with regularly. This is true in obvious cases like cars, elevators, and smartphones. But there are many objects and ideas that we may rely on and interact with but do not know the use or function. For example, QR codes or quick response codes are popping up in magazines, at airports, and even on t-shirts. Wang, 2011. Many people may, may notice them but not know what they do. As a speaker, you could define QR codes by their function by informing the audience that QR codes allow businesses, organizations, and individuals to get information to consumers, receivers, through a barcode-like format that can be easily scanned by most smartphones. A speaker can also define a topic by using examples, which are cited cases that are representative of a larger concept. 
in an informative speech about anachronisms in movies and literature, a speaker might provide the following examples. The film Titanic shows people on lifeboats using flashlights to look for survivors from the second ship. Such flashlights weren't invented until two years later. The Past in Pictures, 2012. Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar, includes a reference to a clock. Even though no mechanical clocks existed during Caesar's time, Scholasticus K, 2012. Examples are a good way to repackage information that's already been presented to help an audience retain and understand the content of a speech. Later, we'll learn more about how to repackage information enhances informative speeches. Etymology refers to the history of a word. Defining by etymology entails providing an overview of how a word came to its current meaning. The Oxford English Dictionary is the best source for finding etymology and often contains interesting facts that can be presented as novel information to better engage your audience. For example, the word assassin, which refers to a person who intentionally murders another, literally means hashis eater, which comes from an, an Arabic word Hashis Hashsin, the current meaning emerged from during the Crusades as a result of the practices of a sect of Muslims who would get high on hashes before killing Christian leaders, in essence, assassinating them. Oxford English Dictionary Online, 2012. Informing through description. As the saying goes, pictures are worth a thousand words. Informing through description entails creating verbal pictures for your audience. Description is also an important part of informative speeches that use a spatial organizational pattern, since you need to convey the layout of a space or concept. Good descriptions are based on good observations, as they convey what is taken in through the senses and answer these types of questions. What did that look like, smell like, sound like, feel like, taste like? If descriptions are vivid and well-written, they can actually invoke a sensory reaction in your audience. Just as your mouth probably begins to salivate when I suggest that you imagine biting into a, a fresh, bright yellow, freshly cut, juicy lemon wedge, you can, uh, so can your audience be transported to a setting or situation through your descriptions. I once had a student set up his speech about the history of streaking by using the following descriptions. Imagine that you're walking across campus to your evening class. You look up to see a parade of hundreds upon hundreds of your naked peers jogging by wearing little more than shoes. Informing through demonstration. When informing through demonstration, a speaker gives verbal directions about how to do something while also physically demonstrating the steps. Early morning infomercials are good examples of demonstrative speaking, even though they're also trying to persuade us to buy the miracle product. Whether straightforward or complex, it's crucial that a speaker be familiar with the content of their speech and the physical steps necessary for the demonstration. Speaking while completing a task requires advanced psychomotor skills that most people can't wing and therefore need to practice. Tasks suddenly become much more difficult more difficult than we expect when we have an audience. Have you ever had to type while people are reading along with you? Even though we all type all the time, 
Even one extra set of eyes seems to make our fingers more clumsy than usual. Television chefs are excellent examples of speakers who frequently inform through demonstration. While making, uh, while many of them make the process of speaking while cooking look effortless, it took much practice over many years to make viewers think it was effortless. Part of this practice also involves meeting time limits. Since, since television segments are limited and chefs may be demonstrating and speaking live, they have to be able to adapt as needed. Demonstrative speeches are notorious for going over time, especially if speakers haven't practiced with their visual aids slash props. Be prepared to condense or edit as needed to meet your time limit. The reality competition show, The Next Food Network Star, captures these difficulties as many experienced cooks who have the content knowledge and know-how to physically complete their tasks fall apart when faced with a camera challenge because they just assume they could speak and cook at the same time. Tips for demonstrative speeches. One, include personal stories and connections to the topic in addition to the how-to information to help keep your audience engaged. Two, ask for audience volunteers, if appropriate, to make the demonstration more interactive. Three, ask a question and answer period at the end if possible, so audience members can, can ask questions and seek clarification. Four, follow an orderly progression. Don't skip around or backtrack when reviewing the steps. Five, use clear signposts like first, second, and third. Six, use orienting material like internal previews and reviews and transitions. Seven, group sets together in categories, if needed, to help make the information more digestible. Eight, assess the nonverbal feedback of your audience. Review or slow down if audience members look lost or confused. Nine, practice with your visual aids, props many times, Things suddenly become more difficult and complicated than you expect when an audience is present. 10. Practice for time and have contingency plans if you need to edit some information out to avoid going over your time limit. Informing through explanation. Informing through explanation entails sharing how something works, how something came to be, or why something happened. This method of informing may be useful when a topic is too complex or abstract to demonstrate. When presenting complex information, make sure to break the topic up into manageable units, avoid information overload, and use examples that make the content relevant to the audience. Informing through explanation works well with speeches about processes, events, and issues. For example, a speaker could explain the content surrounding the Lincoln-Douglas debates or the process that takes place during presidential primaries. Effective informative speaking. There are several cha challenges to overcome to be an effective informative speaker. They include avoiding persuasion, avoiding information overload, and engaging your audience. Avoiding persuasion. We should avoid thinking of informing and persuading as dichotomous, meaning that it's either one or the other. It's more accurate to, to think of informing or persuading as two poles in a continuum. Conti continuum of informing and persuading, Albrecht, 1968. Most persuasive speeches rely on some degree of informing to substantiate reasoning, and an informative speech, although meant to secure the understanding of an audience, may influence an audience member's beliefs, attitudes, values, or behaviors. Speakers could look to three areas to determine if their speech is more informative or persuasive. 
Speaker purpose, function or infor function of information and audience perception. Vertiver, 1991. First, for informative speaking, a speaker's purpose should be to create understanding by sharing objective, factual information. Specific purpose and thesis statements can help establish a speaker's goal and purpose can serve as, a useful, as useful reference points to keep a speech on track. When reviewing your specific purpose and thesis statement, look for words like should, shouldn't, good, bad, right, wrong. Often these, uh, as these often indicate a persuasive slant in the speech. Second, information should function to clarify and explain an informative speech. Supporting materials shouldn't prove a thesis or provide reasons for an audience to accept the thesis as they do in persuasive speeches. Although informative messages can end up influencing the thoughts or behaviors uh, of audience members, that shouldn't be the goal. Third, an audience's perception of the information and speaker helps determine whether the speech is classified as informative or persuasive. The audience must perceive that the information being presented is not controversial or disputed, which will lead the audience members to view the information as factual. The audience must also accept the speaker as a credible source of information. Being prepared, citing credible sources, and engaging the audience helps establish a speaker's credibility. Last, an audience must perceive the speaker to be trustworthy and not have a hidden agenda. Avoiding persuasion is a common challenge for informative speakers, but it is something to consider as violating the speaker speaking occasion may be perceived as unethical by the audience. Be aware of the overall tone of your speech by reviewing your specific purpose and thesis to make sure your speech isn't tipping from informative to persuasive. Avoiding information overload. Many informative speakers have a tendency to pack a 10-minute speech with as much information as possible. This can result in information overlaid, overload, which is a barrier to effective listening that occurs when a speech contains more information than an audience can process. Editing can be a difficult task, but it's an overall skill to hone because you will be editing more than you think. Whether it's reading through an email before you send it, condensing a report down to an executive summary, or figuring out how to fit a client's message on the front page of a brochure, you will have to learn how to discern what information is best to keep and what can be thrown out. In speaking, being a discerning editor is useful because it helps avoid information overload. While a receiver may not be attracted to a brochure that's covered in text, they could take the time to read it and reread it if necessary. Audience members cannot conduct their own review while listening to a speaker live. Unlike readers, audience members can't review words over and over, vertebra 1991. Therefore, competent speakers, especially informative speakers who are trying to teach their audience something, should adapt their message to a listening audience to help avoid information overload. Adapt your message to make it more listenable. Although the results vary, research shows that many people only remember a portion of a message days or even hours after receiving it. Genesic 2012. If you spend 100% of your speech introducing new information, you have wasted approximately 30% of your time and your audience's time. Information overload is a barrier to effective listening 
And as good speakers, we should be aware of the limitations of listening and compensate for that in our speech preparation and presentation. I recommend that my students follow a guideline that suggests spending no more than 30% of your speech introducing new material, 70% of your speech repackaging that information. I specifically use the word repackaging and not repeating. Simply repeating the same information would also be a barrier to effective listening since people would just get bored. Repackaging will help ensure that your audience retains most of the information, key information in the speech. Even if they don't remember every example, they will remember the main underlying point. Avoiding information overload requires a speaker to be a good translator of information. To be a good translator, you can compare an unfamiliar concept with something familiar. Give examples from real life. Connect your information to current events or popular culture or supplementing support material like statistics with related translations of that information. These are just some of the strategies that a good speaker can use. While translating information is important for any oral presentation, it is especially important when conveying technical information. Being able to translate complex or technical information for a lay audience leads to a more effective informing because the audience feels like they're being addressed on a level and don't feel lost or talked down to. The History Channel show, The Universe, provides excellent examples of informative speakers who act as good translators. The scientists and experts featured on the shows are masters of translating technical information, like physics, into concrete examples that most people can relate to based on their everyday experiences. Following the guidelines established in Chapter 9, preparing a speech for organizing a speech can also help the speaker avoid information overload. Good speakers build in repetition and redundancy to make their content more memorable and their speech more consumable. Preview statements, sections, transitions, and review statements are some examples of orienting material that helps focus an audience's attention and facilitates the process of informing. Vertebra, 1991. Engaging your audience. As a speaker, you are competing for the attention of your audience against other internal and external stimuli. Getting an audience engaged and then keeping their attention is a challenge for any speaker, but it can be especially difficult when speaking to inform. As was discussed earlier, once you are in the professional world, you will most likely be speaking informatively about topics related to your experience and expertise. Some speakers fall into the trap of thinking that their content knowledge is enough to sustain them through an informative speech or that their position in an organization means that an audience will listen to them and appreciate their information despite their delivery. Content expertise is not enough to be an expert speaker. A person must also have speaking expertise. Vertebra, 1991. Effective speakers, even renowned experts, must still translate their wealth of content knowledge into information that is suited for oral transmission, audience-centered, and well-organized. I'm sure we're all familiar with the stereotype of the absent-minded professor or genius who thinks elegantly in his or her head but can't convey that same degree, that same elegance verbally. Having well-researched and organized supporting material is an important part of effective informative speaking. But having good content is not enough. 
audience members are more likely to stay engaged when a speaker they view is as credible. So complementing good supporting material with a practiced and fluent delivery increases credibility and audience engagement. In addition, as we discussed earlier, good informative speakers act as translators of information. Repackaging information into concrete, familiar examples is also a strategy for making your speech more engaging. Understanding relies on being able to apply incoming information to life experiences. Repackaging information is also a good way to appeal to different learning styles. As you present the same content in various ways, which helps reiterate the point. While this strategy is useful with any speech, since the goal of informing is teaching, it makes sense to include a focus on learning within your, audience's, within your audience adaptation. There are three main learning styles that help determine how people effectively receive and process information. Visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Fleming 2012. Visual learners respond well to information presented via visual aids, so repackaging information using text, graphics, charts, and other media. Public speaking is a good way to present information for auditory learners who process information well when they hear it. Kinesthetic learners are tactile. They like to learn through movement and doing. Asking for volunteers to help an audience with demonstration, if appropriate, is a way to involve kin uh, kin kinesthetic learners in your speech. You can also have an interactive review activity at the end of a speech, much like many teachers incorporate an activity after a lesson to reinforce the material. This is the end of chapter 11.1. Meet me again in chapter 11.2 in the persuasive speaking chapter.